to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Millicent Ravello, and I am here today with my increasingly svelte co-host, Dr. Jay Calvert. Doctor? I am, I am definitely going that direction. Thank God. Thanks goodness we have an equinox right down the street. <laughs> <laughs> and I am uh, eating less and moving more, which is the recommendation of Jillian Michaels. That, yes, that is the key of just about every fitness instructor and doctor out there. And the reason this is important is because the topic of today's podcast is weight and obesity as it relates to plastic surgery. It's very relevant very relevant and a bit of a sensitive topic and it's sensitive because obviously you don't want to upset anyone or make someone have to think about their weight because that can be upsetting but at the same time weight has a very real consequence and has potential for very real outcomes and complications in plastic surgery and it's something that we do have to address. Well we do because a lot of times there are issues related to obesity that bring people to the plastic surgeon. Right. And that and that is part and parcel of it. So there are issues related to the safety of surgery, of plastic surgery in increasingly high BMIs. There is the issue of complications that arise in patients that have elevated BMIs. And then there's the issue of aesthetic outcomes in patients with elevated BMIs. And I think it's important to sort of go through all of those. So the most you know common thing I get and that we sort of have to go through is a patient that comes with an elevated BMI. Let's go through the BMI system real quick. Right. This is, this is an important thing because BMI is, it's used by doctors, by insurance companies, by fitness instructors. BMI is a very useful, although I think it's flawed, um, it's, flawed. it's a useful Starting measurement point. Yeah. Yeah, to, to start from. And the way that you calculate BMI is through it's it stands for body mass index and it's your weight and your your height height it's height and weight kind of compared to each other so if you are five foot ten like me and you weigh 190 pounds you are actually overweight hmm and thank you for playing. I'm just going to put that out there now. So, yep, that's right, right here. Um, that makes you overweight. My BMI is 26. 25 would be normal. In fact, my doctor has told me she'd like me to weigh 160 pounds. That's too small. You would just like, I wouldn't even be able to see you on this couch. You'd be like, Dr. Calvert, where are you? Where are you? I think I think I would be dead. Actually, I think of 160, I would be just not viable. Right. And so there's interplay with the numbers, but in general, quote, normal weight is a BMI of 20 to 25. Anything over 25 is considered overweight. Anything over 30 is obese. Anything over 35 is morbidly obese. Then over 40, it's super obese. And then there's like super massive obese. So there are different increasing labels for it. But by, by definition, over 25 is overweight. Over 30 is considered obese. And so those terms don't really matter too much, but the numbers kind of do. And so when someone comes in with a BMI of 39, 40, 41, and they say they want liposuction or they want a tummy tuck because they want to be smaller, reasonable. I mean, I get it. But the thing I have to tell them is that plastic surgery is not a weight loss solution. No, it, it, you don't 
get skinny you from plastic surgery. You don't get skinny from doing plastic surgery. Body contouring, tummy tucks, all of those things, even liposuction, are really designed to sort of complement weight loss. They're designed to fine-tune areas that are you know, prone to gaining weight as opposed to other areas. They're designed to remove excess skin after babies, after weight loss, things like that. They're not designed to remove weight off of you necessarily. That being said, I do have some patients who say, well, I'm never going to lose weight. This is the size I am. I've tried and tried and tried, and this is the best I can do. And then we have a very honest conversation about, well, what can we do? And it's going to take a lot of stages. So I have some patients where I've done a couple of rounds of liposuction on them, and now we're ready for a tummy tuck because now I've reduced the size of you to a degree that I can do a tummy tuck. But it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort, and that patient right out of the door is not a tummy tuck patient. So the expectations have to be there about what plastic surgery can and can't do for someone that has too much weight on their bodies. And then the other question that comes up with someone that's very overweight, and and I'm talking BMI is getting up there around 38, 39, 40, is that are they safe to have surgery? It's a big issue. It's a big issue. And, And the short answer is yes. You know, BMI 40... Probably safe to have surgery. We do it a lot for lots of other procedures, mastectomies, lap coles, gallbladders, appendix. All these patients who are overweight have surgeries for other reasons. But, and but can I ask you a question? Generally do okay. Well, let me ask you a question. Yes. I have right here. Yes, doctor. Is a patient with a BMI of 40 an ASA 1 or 2 for a surgery uh, center like ours? I don't know the ASA class, but I do know that. that by for, the way, for uh, for uh, Tracy in Wisconsin, that is um, the and that that's Jason Bateman always says that on the uh, Smartless uh, podcast. Uh, so I've I've picked it up for Tracy. It. Tell tell us for Tracy in Wisconsin. So for Tracy in Wisconsin, an ASA is the uh, anesthesia. Safety, safety assessment something, or something, something like or, that yeah like and, how and, safe you are right for anesthesia but we call it the asa class yeah. and we know that one is somebody who is like totally healthy gonna expected right. to survive surgery asa two totally healthy a couple co- comorbidities safe for surgery asa three is like mm. n- not so great and yeah. asa four is like probably not going to survive the operation so right. asa ones and twos we do in our surgery yes. center asa threes like i don't know if bmi 40 is like a good idea in the surgery in the sur- center. Well, I, I think we do have rules for our surgery center because I have had one or two patients where I had to go to our anesthesiologist and be like, hey, can we do this patient here? They have a BMI of 43, right. whatever. And they were like, actually, no, we can't. By quad SF rules or whatever that regulate our surgery center, we cannot do a patient with a BMI of whatever. Okay. So yes, because the BMI does increase your risk of surgery. Now, the other surgeries that I mentioned, mastectomies, lap coles, lap appies, those are cases that are done out of necessity. The patient has a problem. Right. They need a surgery to fix it. Whatever weight you are it doesn't really matter because you need that surgery. Same thing for bariatric patients. They have BMIs of 50, 60, but they need a surgery to help them lose weight. So the BMI is of less importance. Not to say that they aren't at higher risk of complications, right. but those surgeries are indicated and so they are done. But when you come to plastic surgery, outside of the cancer reconstructions and things right. like that that I do, for the most part, what we do is elective. It's not necessary to save your life. You don't need this surgery. So 
and I think I probably speak for most plastic surgeons, when we start seeing those elevated BMIs in patients, we say, whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to have lots of complications. You're at a high risk for a lot of things. You don't need this surgery. I don't feel comfortable doing it because you are a setup for lots and lots of problems. I want to just say that I think I have saved somebody's life with a facelift. (laughs) (laughs) So so I'm not sure that that. No, I'm just joking. Um, but it is true, though. Our surgeries are elective, and the complication rate in the patient who is in that obese and morbidly obese category is way higher. And, way higher. And I will even, I think I can sit here and say that with body lift surgery after weight loss, like the circumferential body lifts and the, and, the medial thigh lifts, the complication rate is like 100%. I think I quoted a lady yesterday at 110% because I looked at her and I was like, nope, just nope. It's, it was The complications were going to be astronomical because she, she, she had a BMI of like, I don't know, 45 or something. I, no. just, I can't. I, it, the complication rate is too much. Now, and what's, inter- what's, inter- what's interesting... I literally and actually I can't even. Can't even. Yep. That's for a, that's for a, that's for Cindy in Los Angeles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is a very LA commentary, but it's true. It's like I can't even because you know what's coming. And pulmonary emboli, oh, difficulty DV, with extubation, DVTs, DVTs, yeah. wound blood complications, blood loss. Like an, an ER, like book your ER visit, book it. Like, you're going to have it. And and I think the population where I definitely do my higher than, you know, BMI of 35, 40 cases are probably my breast reduction patients. Because a lot of times they do have higher BMIs. And I think it's kind of cruel to make them lose weight to have a breast reduction. Because a lot of times the reason they can't exercise is because the weight of the breast. So unless they're like a super unhealthy person, the BMI in that, in that, um, particular population for me is of less importance because I'm like, oh gosh, they really need their surgery. Of course. I say that though because I have noticed anecdotally in my own practice that the patients with higher BMIs and larger breasts are in that 100% risk of wound breakdown. But then I do have some patients with her totally normal BMIs but just happen to have really large breasts. I rarely have any wound breakdown issues in those patients. So that comment of, oh yeah, breast reduction is 100% risk of wound breakdown seems to apply to the patients that have that elevated BMI. And the reason for this with the obesity and the risk of complications has to do with exactly that. It's wound healing issues and capacity. Fat does not have great blood supply. And when you're trying to close wounds that are comprised mainly of fat and that you're stretching over you know, tight Ugh. closures, the blood supply just isn't there. And it's going to break down and it's not going to heal well. They'll heal eventually, but there are going to be some hiccups along the road. Hiccups is the understatement. <laughs> it's like so these these are such bad problems too, and it's like you know, and and I'm not saying that you can't do surgery on people that are in those BMIs. You know, the you can. The understanding just has to be there. It has like, to be there. You have to get like this is hard to do, considering the the and, the, and wound healing. So. Plastic surgery is a battle of beauty versus blood supply. That's what we do. We look at 
skin on the face and we're going to do we lift up the nose we we you know i don't do medial thigh lifts anymore but like some people look at the medial thighs and say how am i going to get that skin up other plastic surgeons other than me um tummy tucks i'm going to pull that whole you know the this is it has to stay alive yeah and in order for it to heal it has to have blood supply because blood brings oxygen it brings white blood cells to fight infection it it brings growth factors it brings inflammatory mediators it it's all the things that we know as doctors that that are needed and necessary for wound healing and if you if you don't have those things because it's fat which has a big oil blob and one little tiny cell you know carrying that oil blob around like like somebody who's got a carry you know their luggage filled with bowling balls around it it, it's not going to heal it's not going to heal it's 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 really it's really hard it's it's hard it's hard to heal these wounds and in general especially for the work that i do the body contouring breast reductions these are big incisions as it is so you're asking the body invasive surgery large large areas of incisions so and it's, it's wound healing it's fluid accumulations those are called seromas um it's wound infections it's bleeding after surgery totally because even though we say that fat doesn't have a lot of blood supply there are still a lot of really big blood vessels that go through the fat something's keeping it alive so bleeding is an issue and it's just it is very it's problematic which is why i have some colleagues who are like bmi over 35 not doing it i mean they have a hard and fast rule and i'm like wow that's that's harsh, but but they're adamant because they don't want to deal with complications. They don't have room in their own personal lives to deal with complications, and for them, it's just easier to say BMI over thirty five, not doing it, not worth the risk. That's right. There's a surgeon uh, in Beverly Hills named Doctor Ravello, and she can help you. <laughs> and that's that's where you go. I have a BMI cutoff of fifty. No, <laughs> no, but I do. I definitely do work with my higher BMI patients because I I get it. Yeah, and you know somebody. And the reason that we're having this discussion is not because you can't have surgery at those BMIs. It's because you need to have an understanding. You need to Correct. know Correct. what you're signing up for and and say, okay, I get it. And when and if this happens, I am going to be helpful in the you know cause. I'm not going to eat you know bad foods and all the things that that can. I'm going to really be on top of it. And it's not that. You know, like I, I think people have such misconceptions about weight loss too. Like they think that starvation is a way to lose weight. It's not. You know, there. Weight loss is all about balance. You know, it. it in my own like fat self here, at my <laughs> twenty six BMI. If I wanted to be twenty three, I could do it, but it would take time and focus, and that's hard. that, which is hard. Which I don't have a whole lot of that. I've. You know, four kids, a booming practice, and you know this podcast, which takes all of our time. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just there. There are things that interfere with me focusing to get that to that twenty three or twenty four or whatever. It can be done. It's not an emergency. Twenty six isn't terrible. I'm good. But if you want to go from a thirty five to a twenty seven, like the that's that, that's, that's a Herculean effort. That is very hard. Do you agree? That is extremely hard. And outside of, you know, bariatric surgery, it's insurmountable for some people. And I have some people who have done it on their own. I have one girl, one lady who's, you know, she got a divorce, bought herself a Peloton, dropped 100 pounds. Like, best thing that ever happened to her. <laughs> I think the divorce was probably the key in terms of her getting the time that she needed to get on to that do Peloton. Because you have to focus. Yeah. 
you know, and you know, I'm not saying that everybody wants to lose weight should get a divorce, but I'm saying <laughs> you have to get, you have to have time, and you, yeah. and you know, like it is all about balance. And and I love Jillian Michaels because she's just she's so bare bones about it. She's just like it's eat less, move more. You know, not don't eat. You do need to eat. Right. But it's it, the, it's what you eat and it's the quality of what you eat. Totally. But easier said than done, which is I know cuz Beta Dine Bay our, our <laughs> scrub tech was in there yesterday. The feast. With a with a just random day selected potluck for lunch and of course I had to try everything cuz I mean it was so good. It looked delicious. It was great. But that doesn't help, you know. So you have to really say, okay, how much exercise do I need to do? How much? And and when getting ready for surgery, starvation is actually one of the worst things you can yeah, do. Yeah, don't do that. Because you're now you're you're causing a metabolic deficit and probably knocking you know not getting enough of the normal cofactors and the zinc and the molybdenum. Like you know, there are things that you need in your food that if you're starving yourself ain't going to be there for your operation. Yeah, you do need to have good nutrition going into surgery. That being said, if you have a surgery, um, a lot of my patients are booked out, you know, a couple months, is a, is a good uh, goal because if you really want to lose that extra 20 pounds, hey, your surgery is three months away. Getting down you know, 20 pounds will be great. That's a good goal. You have a date to get there by. And it'll make your surgery better. It'll decrease your risk of complications. You'll have better outcomes. So I do think it's helpful for patients to have like a goal, a reasonable goal that they can get to with, you know, healthy practices. Because the other aspect of this, we've talked about the safety and the feasibility of plastic surgery in overweight patients. And then the very last thing is, well, what are the results going to look like? And That's the I key. get... It's That's the key. Hard That's what it's about. I want my patients to look amazing after surgery. Sometimes that's harder to do in patients that come with extra weight. It's just harder to get that wow factor. Yeah, you, Although you I, I have taken off lots of weight and skin in patients and there is a wow factor. But it's a lot harder when you come with extra weight to get down to, you know, that Instagram model look. And to be fair, most patients totally understand that. They're like, I get it. I'm not going to be a bikini model after that. I just want to look better. But one of the best ways to have a better after result is to come in at a lower weight because I can do a lot more with that. But the, and that, (laughs) that's the key because so many patients think they're going to be skinny when this is over. Mm. You know, I'm going to be skinny afterwards, <laughs> and that's not the case. Yeah, that's Again, not the case. Plastic surgery, not a weight loss option. No, and I have had patients say, "I thought I would be thin after this," and I, I said, "No, we talked about. It. I said you were going to be less big, thinner." Well, a lot of the problems I see with my liposuction patients and my tummy tuck patients, too, to a fair degree, is that I can do a lot of liposuction on the outside. But I can't liposuction what's on the inside, which is the visceral fat. Yeah, the, the visceral intra- fat, fat is inside the abdomen. That means it's under the rectus muscles. It's wrapped around your liver and your intestines and your stomach. The only way to get rid of that is through diet and exercise and actual right. weight loss. 
I can take away the fat on the outside, but the, it's the fat on the inside that makes your abdomen stick out, stick forward, That's right. look protuberant. And I can't fix that. You know, even with a tummy tuck, even with muscle tightening, that's internal fat. And that is just, that's going to be weight loss. That's up to you. You got to yeah. do it. That's, that's the key on, on that one. So let me ask you some questions that the patients always ask me, and then you can, you can tell me the answers. Uh, yes, excuse me, doctor. Yes, patient, um, yes. I am, I am having liposuction. How much weight am I going to lose after you do my three liposuction 360 with the Renuvion? Mm, maybe about half a pound. Maybe. But can't you take out 5,000 cc's? of fat in the outpatient setting because I read that on Real Self. <laughs> it's true. I can take out 5,000 cc's of fat in the outpatient setting. So won't I get be 10 pounds less heavy? No. Those fat cells really don't weigh that much, no. which is ironic because when you are technically fatter, way more, like it seems to go hand in hand, but it really doesn't because a lot of what you get is actual weight is not fat cells. It's the collagen. It's the extracellular matrix. It's the skin growth. That is what adds heft and weight. The actual little fat cells don't really weigh that much. And that's what's being taken out in liposuction. Now, when I do my big body contouring cases, my 360, you know, body lifts, my big old tummy tucks, and I'm actually taking whole blocks of skin and fat and tissue off, there is some heft there. You know, that's easily anywhere from five to 20 pounds off. You, yes, you will lose weight with the yeah. body lifts. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Next question. Uh, when... When will I see the result from my liposuction case? And do I need to go buy new clothes before surgery? No. You will see a, re- you will see a result right away in the sense that you'll, you'll look a little smaller, but you're going to be really swollen. And that swelling will start to go down over the next week or two. By three weeks, you'll start to see some of your shape coming in. By six weeks, you will be about 85, 90% there. And at three months, you're more or less the size you're gonna be. So I would hold off on buying new clothes until you're about the six week mark. Since you're taking all this uh, weight off me with the liposuction, the whole half pound that you talked about, (laughs) should I eat whatever I want before surgery and gain some extra weight? No, that's not a good idea. Although it's not a bad idea It sounds either. really good, though, because I'd really <laughs> like to have some extra burgers and some milkshakes. It's actually not a bad idea. I mean, you can't you know, gain like 50 pounds. But you have to keep in mind that when you overeat, the weight doesn't come on right away. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. usually takes like a week or two to show up on in your pant size. So, yeah. Yeah, if you have a certain area where you are prone to gain weight, and that's the area that I'm doing liposuction on, sure. Gain a few pounds. I'm probably going to take it off. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love that. But then stop afterwards. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. So the reason that I, I like that question, and they do ask me that, because it gives me the opportunity to explain to them that when you stress the system of your physiology, of your metabolism and your digestion and your and your homeostasis of what you're doing with fat building and breaking down... It changes your physiology. And so I think I always tell people, whatever you do normally, do that before do surgery normally. because yeah. you don't want to change things No, because that can have some effects that we may not like. So I, I say, keep it, keep it real. Yep. Stay with what you're doing. Do your normal. 
and you'll get better results with that approach rather than saying I'm going on a starvation diet so I can be skinny or yeah, thinner or whatever because that that then helpful. hurts your metabolic makeup and then try and you know like I'm gonna have 17 milkshakes before this operation if it you know kills me well it may kill you because you know then you're glycosylated and yeah. you know, whatever you know bad things come with lots of sugar floating in your veins is, is going to happen also which is not good Right. Got to stay in your normal healthy range before surgery. But if you have the time to lose weight in a healthy manner, that's always helpful if indicated. And yeah, I mean, BMI, not a super major, you know, contraindication to surgery in my practice, but you do have to know that you are at a high risk for complications. I know I have some, I have some colleagues who for breast reconstructions won't offer reconstruction to patients with high BMIs. They're like, nope, sorry, no breast reconstruction for you. That's a little harsh. Wow. You know, I'd rather be like, we can do this, but here's the problem. You know, these are the problems I see. Da, 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 da. And if you go into it and you're informed and something happens, at least you are aware of it. But just having that hard cut off, it's that's not that's not for me. Well, that's good because I, I see you do some absolutely miraculous transformations on some people that, you know, I, I just would look at them and be like, nope. <laughs> Hell no. You know, I, I'll no do the, way. I do a lot of a lot of these big body patients, but and you kill all it. of them you, you are awesome at it. You know, to be they have to be healthy as well. And they gotta play ball with you. And, and they do, thank God. And you you patients. make them like you give them the lectures and say, This is how this is gonna work. And they, they fall in the line and they get great results because they follow directions. Agreed. Yeah, I mean the stuff you do I, you know, kudos to you. I mean who knew that uh, you know you would have the, <laughs> this this practice? Like when you came out, I was like, I thought you'd do a lot of breast reductions, like some noses and you know some lipo, and like you you definitely are the transformation surgeon for people that are on their weight loss journey, that are on their body lift journey. I mean those those are hard operations. They are, but either was when you can get a good result. It's awesome. I mean, it's amazing. For me, for the patients, it's, it is super rewarding. Well, that's because you're young and <laughs> have a ton of energy. And I, if I, I used to, you know, I used to do them too. It is. It I is did. physically draining. They are, they are tough. And I did yeah. those operations and, and, uh, and I still do a little bit of like tummy tucks and stuff like that. But what you do that, that's those patients go to you. That's, <laughs> That is your your thing. And so if thank God. I have said no to you because I'm concerned about your medical problems and your weight issues, <laughs> you got to take that pretty seriously. <laughs> you do. Because I'm usually the yes person. Yeah, she's, I'll tell you, Dr. Ravello is definitely capable of some things that are really, really amazing. I am, I'm blown away by those operations. So good on you and good for your patients. You. And be a good patient if you're listening. And definitely, you know, follow the directions because it makes a big difference. I think that's pretty much it. That is our podcast on the effects of weight on plastic surgery. This is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. Thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. If you want to reach Dr. Ravello or myself, we're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Vello, what's your website? My website is rovelloplasticsurgery.com and the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355. And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. 
And Rock Spa is the Medi Spa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills, providing Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials. We have incredible people. They do great stuff. And I highly recommend taking a look at the websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. All the information is also on my website, drcoward.com.